You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your superpowered mind. I am Kristen Maxwell. And in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Today, I am excited to be talking to Dr. Carolyn Ross about making peace with your body weight. And Dr. Carolyn Coker Ross, she is a nationally known expert in the field of eating disorders and integrative medicine. She's the author of a series of books on food addiction, emotional eating, and binge eating. And she currently acts as CEO and coach for the Anchor Program, which is a proven treatment for food and body image issues. And I am excited to have Dr. Ross or Carolyn um, on my show because weight and body image are something that culturally, I think we we struggle with and we're aware of. And on a personal level, I see how it impacts so many people around me. And as the mother of three daughters, I can see how these kinds of issues are impacting our next generation. And whatever we can do to change the narrative around weight and body is going to help us all. So I'm really excited to dig in to the work that Dr. Ross is doing. So welcome to your superpowered mind. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. And so my first question always is, what superpower did you uncover in the process of mastering your mind? Uh, Well, that's a question that may be hard for me to answer, um, but I can say that as a physician, the main, if you want to call it superpower or gift that I have is being able to really have um, presence with my patients and to be able to listen in a way, way that helps me get a deeper understanding of where they're coming from. I mean, you didn't mention in my bio, but I work with people with food addictions and with substance use disorders, and most of them have a history of trauma. And so to be able to, you know, really listen in a way that that helps my patients trust me more and and feel comfortable opening up enables me to, uh, you know, gain information and help them heal from trauma, which is the underlying cause of most eating problems and um, substance problems. Oh, that's very interesting, because that is definitely not how I would say we understand things typically. Mm. Um, that, that That trauma could be related to um, how we feel in our bodies and how we treat our bodies. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's really important to understand that, you know, for example, there's a lot of research behind this. It's not just a notion that I have or other providers have. Um, some over 20 years ago, the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study came out, which showed a very strong relationship with a, a high 
body mass index and a history of trauma. It also showed an increased um, risk for substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, and over 40 medical conditions, including things that we don't usually think are associated with trauma, like heart disease, diabetes, uh, lung disease, cancer, all of those, the risk for those is much, much higher if you've had, um, you know, increased episodes or increased um, trauma experiences. And when I say trauma, I'm talking about, you know, emotional, physical, or sexual abuse, uh, physical or emotional neglect, having a parent with a severe mental illness or a substance use disorder, someone in your family being incarcerated, and also living in communities that that are traumatic, like uh, living in communities where there's a lot of violence or where there's a high degree of poverty and hopelessness and so on, or um, being in a home where there's domestic violence. So when any of those factors, those traumatic or adverse experiences happen to you before the age of 18, that increases your risk for having a high BMI. And then other studies have shown that other eating disorders, including anorexia and bulimia, are strongly associated with a history of traumatic experiences. Mm. That's really interesting. And I have some questions I want to ask you about that. Um, Thanks. You know, and how we, but before we go into that, I am going to um, just take a quick break. Um, can you let people know just what your website is? And we can go further in detail what's there, but what what is the your website? It's anchorprogram.com. That's A-N-C-H-O-R program.com. Great. And we'll go deep, more deeply into that. And when we come back, we'll go more into making peace with your body weight. Hang on. Hi, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. Are you ready to master your life? Are you looking for more calm and peace, connectedness in your relationships, more clear communication, guided thoughts? and a confidence in your ability to come up with creative solutions no matter what happens, then join us at our next experience. Go to superpowerexperts.com and get signed up today. Welcome back, everyone. So this is very funny. Well, it's not funny, but you know what I'm wondering is what happens, because I'm suspecting some people are listening and they're like, well, I don't have any trauma in my background. Yeah. and and I don't like my body. Either I've got a an eating disorder or I feel very overweight. Now there's something even more wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, I mean, it's not 100% of people. But having said that, I can tell you that many people who don't think they have had traumatic events have, and they just don't consider it trauma. And you know, the adverse childhood experiences study studied a specific list of adverse experiences. So they did not include the world of trauma, you know, which is much, much broader. And a lot of things like neglect, in particular, emotional neglect, you know, when kids grow up with emotional neglect, they usually blame themselves and they don't think of it as 
something out of the ordinary. They just think, oh, well, that's how my family is. So, you know, that's just the way it is. But when you when you actually delve into their life history a little bit, I honestly, it's rare for me not to find uh, some history of trauma. It could be bullying. It could be living in a household where you weren't accepted because of your size. And so you were put on diets when everybody else wasn't, or you your food was restricted because your parents were concerned about your size. Uh, some kids have been forced to exercise because parents are fearful that they'll gain weight. So there are, you know, when I say trauma, there's a whole host of events that could fall under that umbrella. And it's been my experience that even when uh, people with eating disorders have had real recognizable trauma, they don't connect it to their eating disorder. I just remember many of my patients who one was, uh, you know, who may have had a history of, of sexual assault, but it happened when they were young and they then present for treatment 15 or 20 years later. And they say, oh, well, that, yeah, that happened, but that doesn't have anything to do with my eating disorder when in fact it really does. Yeah, that's interesting. And so I guess what, when we, when you've got somebody and let's say they either have, you know, I don't know, some sort of food addiction or binge eating or emotional eating, just something like that. Mm -hmm. Where do you start with them with this idea of um, you don't have to be in this place of, um, you know, really where you're not happy with your body and who who you're being and how you're being. Yeah, I think the first place is education, just like we're talking about. Most people don't understand this connection and they don't understand why this happened and how it impacts their food and body image issues. So, you know, when I speak about this around the world, actually, um, I start by talking about how trauma affects the brain. And when you're growing up, your brain is in a high level of development. And so when you have trauma, it can, it doesn't just change your behavior, which it does in adults, you know, say you have a traumatic experience as an adult, you, you may start drinking heavily, or you may, you know, start restricting or restricting your food or doing other behaviors. But for a child, when they have experienced trauma, it actually changes the architecture, or I call it the hard wiring of the brain. And so it puts you on a, as a child, it takes your potential that, you know, say you were born and you were going to grow up and become a nurse, or you wanted to have a family or all of those things, that potential in life is often changed by the trauma. And then what the trauma does is it so the trauma is is like toxic stress for the brain. And mm -hmm. then these brain cell connections change so that it may actually turn on the gene for addictions or for a high BMI, may turn on the gene for cancer or all the other things I mentioned. And once that gene is turned on, then your life is on a different trajectory. So many of the patients that I talk with, for example, were put on diets starting at age five and 
the rest of their lives. They had food obsessions, uh, body image issues, uh, constantly thinking about what they should and shouldn't eat, making lists of uh, bad foods that they should avoid, and really just using so much time and energy that that is wasted uh, time and energy for their lives on this issue. And so, but it's not something that they are doing consciously. And that's the important thing to know because most of the women I see blame themselves for why they are having, you know, food or body image issues. And so my first thing is educating. It's your brain is changed from the traumatic experiences you've had. And that can then lead to uh, these dysfunctional or maladaptive ways of coping with stress or emotions or other um, factors in your life, losses and so on. So if, and I could, that all makes perfect sense to me. So if you've turned on this gene for addictions or, or, and then you've been wired, you know, you've been shaped by your behavior and the focus on, you know, constant food and good and bad. And no, it's it's the trauma that shapes your behavior. Yeah. So how is it possible to undo that? Yeah. you, You know, one of the sayings that we have is, uh, you don't have to live with the brain. You're not stuck with the brain that you have now. The brain, like very few organs in the body, has the capacity to change and to make new pathways and, and so on. So change is definitely possible. And that's really important to avoid passing on some of these genes for, say, addiction or for eating disorders to the next generation, to your children and grandchildren. And so, you know, the sooner that you can start to work on healing the trauma and really understanding how it has affected every single area of your life and often caused you to have core beliefs that are, you know, are completely negative, like I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or no one will love me unless fill in the blank. Those core beliefs then few and the negative emotions you have fuel the eating disorder behaviors. And so what we want to do is to first understand where the behaviors came from. They're not your fault. There's not something wrong with you. It's something that happened to you. And when that thing happened, you may have used food as a way to soothe yourself as a child. Um, because children don't have a lot of skills, you know, they don't know how to speak, find their superpower, right? And so, you know, they use whatever is available to them. And often it is, you know, food, cookies or snacks or whatever to help them get through those tough times. You know, for example, take take the example of a child who, whose parent has died when they were nine or 10, you know, that's a really staggering loss. And many times they don't receive help in dealing with that grief. And so they may turn to food as a way to comfort themselves. Yes. And so how, so there's the, there's this recognition that, okay, this is something that has, you know, shaped my behavior. It's not my fault. 
And there might be beliefs, you know, and emotions that are, are triggering this. How do you go about starting to unwind that? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And, you know, I think of it as people being kind of trapped in a vicious cycle. You know, they have things happen in their lives that trigger the feelings that they had from the original trauma. And those emotions then trigger that belief of something's wrong with me. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. And then that leads to, you know, whether it be binging or emotional eating, stress eating, obsessing about food or isolating, um, you know, all sorts of other behaviors. And, and then they're left. So after that all happens there, then, then they feel guilty about eating the things they've eaten or having those behaviors. So they're trapped in kind of a vicious circle. And the way that I look at it is that you first have to give people skills to deal with the feelings and those negative, that negative self-talk because you can't just take away the food and leave them with nothing to replace it. So we want to start by learning new skills which help you get out of that vicious circle. And once you're out of the vicious circle, then you have some freedom around whether you continue with the same core beliefs that you have or you choose new ones. You have some freedom around whether you, uh, how you manage your emotions rather than it being so automatic. So that's the way that we work with it in the anchor program, you know, first help people understand the lay of the land and how they got there and then give them opportunity to learn new ways of dealing with their lives and time to practice it with support uh, because it's not easy to make changes in any way. You know, think of the high um, relapse rate with substance use disorders, which are 90, 90% relapse within the first year. So what I try to do in the anchor program is give clients the, uh, you know, the the support and the knowledge and the skills to help them make that change to transform their lives, and that, I think it's really important. And most people are who come to me have a history of diets uh, and yo-yo dieting, and so they often expect for change to come in you know, three months or two weeks or whatever it is, because that's the way the diet industry sells you on it. You know, sign up for a 10-week program and everything will be fine. And we know it doesn't because trauma can't be fixed by a diet. And you do have to be willing to devote ex an extended period of time learning how to change and having that, you know, good support in order to do it. Right. So I think, let me make sure I've got this. So it seems like what we typically do when people are struggling with their weight or whatever it is, we go to the behavior. We say, oh, I've got to change the behavior. I need to eat something different, do something different. And what you're doing with your program is you're giving people skills to either deal with the emotions that are coming up, or to maybe question some of the beliefs that something's wrong with me, or my body is terrible, or maybe even skills to deal with the guilt that comes up around the behavior. So right. stopping the cycle there. 
somehow. Yeah, but we're also recognizing that when you have experienced trauma, it affects all areas of your life, not just food and body image issues. Mm-hmm. It affects your relationships. It affects your how you show up at work. It affects your friendships. It affects, you know, relationships with your family and so on. So we don't just limit our, you know, focus and support to just the food stuff or the body image stuff, because then you would go back into your life and not know what to do when you have an argument with your husband. What I what I say to clients is there could be a million triggers, but this pattern that developed from childhood trauma will be triggered in the same exact way over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's not just a trigger of seeing, you know, French fries being advertised on TV. The same uh, pattern can be triggered by, you know, having an argument with your partner or uh, your boss yelling at you or, you know, a certain smell or, you know, stress, fill in the blank. So we really need to, you know, it's, it's not all about the food. The food is just a symptom of the problem. And it's not all about the body. The body is really the red herring. That's, you know, kind of a distraction from what's really bothering you. So we really have to look at all areas of life and help people, um, you know, deal with the stresses that show up in those areas as well. Right, exactly. So what are some of the skills that people can develop? Um, Yeah, I I think most people have skills, but they just don't apply them in this area. So, you know, if you had an argument with, your partner, you might uh, say to them, you know, I just need a moment to gather my thoughts rather than uh, falling into a pattern where you're yelling and screaming. Or if you do that, then you may come back and say, look, I want to talk this through with you or whatever. But if you have a core belief that you're not good enough, then that means you're not good enough to have a relationship. So unconsciously, your behaviors within the relationship will support that belief of I'm not good enough. And you will then do things that take small arguments and make them really, really big or make them dangerously uh, large so that they can't be overcome. So, you know, I think we all have skills, but if you don't realize that your skills are being sabotaged by these negative core beliefs, then you you will think something's wrong with you because you feel like, well, I'm trying, I'm, you know, and people come to me all the time and say, well, I'm really successful in my career, but this area, I just can't, you know, I can't seem to master. And so, you know, we, we have those skills, but we just don't apply them. So skills of communication, skills of learning to self-soothe without using food, uh, skills of emotional regulation, like when you get flooded with emotion, how do you calm yourself down? I mean, it's great if you can, if you have your therapist on speed dial, that's great, but most of us don't. And so we have to learn how to manage ourselves. So that there, I would say, to people listening, what are the skills you already have that you use at work and in relationships and so on? And try to apply some of those here, 
But again, we have to build that foundation first. So people have to understand the trauma and how it translates into food and body image issues and work on healing that trauma. If you don't build that foundation, then it's going to be a pretty shaky house that you're you're moving into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, in a lot of work with the people that I do, you know, there will be some way and this, you know, this is not an eating thing, but, you know, there's a way in which, you know, often it's like a younger sibling will have come along and, and this is a big one for a lot of people actually. And then they, um, there's a way in which they interpret it at being, you know, two or three years old that they're unwanted or they're less lovable. And then they live that out, right? you know, at a, in a sort of a weird way that is not at all, but sort of like, oh, I'm just less likable. Yeah. And I've also had uh, situations where uh, a sibling, whether they be younger or older, has you know special needs or disabilities or can be, you know, have personality disorders and takes all of this kind of sucks the life out of the family. Mm-hmm. And that can be traumatic for a child as well, just to yeah. describe. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, at that age, now as an adult, you're like, oh, well, yeah, I can see that that's what has. And the pair of my parents were full. They couldn't handle anymore. But when you are little, your belief is because Every you're trying to make sense. Fault. Yeah. yeah. Everything's my fault or nobody's paying attention to me. So that means there's something wrong with me. Correct. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's real. And you, and there's the part of you that's your adult. That's like, well, no, I, that doesn't make sense. I don't believe that, but there will be a piece that does. (laughs) Yeah. The emotional part of you doesn't believe that. So I think, you know, it's, it's not that complicated once you lay it out for people. And so often the patients I work with in the anchor program will feel a lot of relief when they understand what happened to them and they can then start to heal when they realize, Oh, it wasn't my fault. There wasn't anything that I did wrong. There's nothing wrong with me. And then once they do work on that healing process, like I said before, there's an immense sense of freedom that, wow, I'm no longer afraid to go to a restaurant. I don't have to consciously obsess about what I constantly obsess about what I eat. Um, You know, and all of those things create a lot of space for growth. Yeah. And what I I wonder, I'm just curious because, you know, and this idea, do you actually go at all um, from the angle of helping people, uh, you know, sort of like what I was thinking I'd talk to you about is making peace with your body. Mm -hmm. Um, How does, how would that come in? Well, first of all, um, you have to realize that body image issues are a red herring. They're Mm -hmm. like a cover-up so that you don't have to deal with the trauma. Mm. So many people don't realize that. They put all of their, you know, focus on on the body when, when in fact, that's just a symptom of the problem. And the problem really is what happened to them and how did they need to heal. So you can't really work on or fix body image issues. You know, there's a lot of 
um, body positive, um, you know, body uh, liberation, etc. But if you just work on, you know, like you got to love your body. Again, it's just like working, saying, use this diet so that you can lose weight, which doesn't work. It won't fix the trauma and the body image therapies won't fix the trauma. So you, if you want to heal in a more permanent way and not have to constantly be cycling back through these issues, then it's important to really work on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Yep. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Again, it's just sort of like with people with affirmations that's sort of like, oh, well, I'm just going to love myself now. Well, you're you're never going to believe that completely unless you deal with all of the things that got in the way that created that belief in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. One other question. Um, You call it the anchor. What do you mean by anchor? Because I often, when working with my clients, I, when they're trying to um, change how they're showing up and how they're feeling and all of that. I have them anchoring into what that feeling or that place, just that sort of sense of opening that they can start to see in front of them. Yeah. For me, for me, yeah. being anchored is about being true to yourself and accessing your inner strength. So I, I often talk about the five levels of healing. You can heal behaviors like and they in uh, AA they call that being a dry drunk, you know. So mm-hmm. you can stop drinking, but if you don't heal the other stuff, you still may rage. You still may have a lot of behaviors uh, around that. So the first level of healing is behaviors. The second is emotions, which drive those behaviors. You also have to reconnect with your body and be aware of your body cues and. Just not be cut off with your body, not be alienated from your body. And then identify those negative core beliefs and work on healing those. And the fifth and most important level is really the anchor. And that's anchoring into your authentic self. Because when you've had something that's happened to you, part of you changes. And we want to get back to the essence of who you are, that authentic self who is, you know, not uh, trapped in that vicious circle, who has passion for life, who is not constantly worried about what to eat and how much to eat and whether I I should go to a family dinner or not, you know, et cetera. So that fifth level is what anchors you. And that's, uh, you know, your passion, your bliss, your superpower, you could call it, but you have to do the work before you get there because you can't do the spiritual bypass where you just, you know, okay, well, I I stopped binging for three months. So now I'm fine. I'll see you later. And so many people want to do that. And it's, it's, you know, it's very uh, sad because it's, it's not a three month process. Mm -hmm. It takes time. And if you can't commit the time, then, you know, don't. But, um, you know, don't don't think it's like a diet where you're going to be fixed in three months. And we know that how that works. It doesn't. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Well, it's you've given us a lot to think about. Um, so thank you for doing this work. Um, oh, I love it. I, 
I'm a big proponent of women. And I feel like if women across the world, because I have people in my program all, from all over the world, were able to eliminate this one issue in their lives, or at least reduce it, we would have so much energy and power, we could change the world. It's amazing that we spend, you know, we're dampening our light often because of this particular food and body image issues. Yes, it really, it, it's a, it sucks up energy and attention that could be spent um, instead of going in and darkening ourselves, like spreading and letting our energy spread out into the world so other can right. feel it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, uh, people can find, and I'll put this in the show notes too, more about your program, the Anchor Program at your um, website, anchorprogram.com. Yes. And, and also listeners, if you are interested in learning more what we do um, at Superpower Experts with our programs and community, you can go to yoursuperpoweredmind.com. Thank you, Dr. Ross. And thank listeners, you. yeah, thank you. And thank listeners, thank you for being here and showing up for yourselves. Until next time, go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform your world. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.